Hello. I am going to be interviewing Joanne Piazzi tonight, who is a fellow storyteller who just told a really good story um, about relationships. And uh, Joanne is a lot of things. You said you're a teacher, a seamstress, uh, so that means you're crafty, and I've seen some of your craft work, and I've heard your stories, and they're really good. I have never seen you teach, but you'll have to teach me something sometime. But um, <laughs> teach me how to twirl a baton. We can work on that. We can work on that. Okay. <laughs> I'm still learning that one myself. We're both in the same band. We, we have uh, quite a few similar interests. Mm -hmm. But I want to focus on your particular interest in storytelling, not only telling stories to others, but the creation of a storytelling series in Rochester, New Hampshire, called Right Between the Ears. Mm -hmm. And uh, so how long have you been doing it? When did you start? Uh, the series actually started 12 years ago. Um, it was not called Right Between the Ears at the time. It was called Story Home because I had it in my home. I remember that. Um, I bought my house specifically for that purpose. Really? There was not, um, there were lots of storytelling venues in Portland and in Boston, but we were right in the middle and there were, there's nowhere to go to hear stories. This didn't exist. The radio station didn't exist at the time. So I wanted to have a place where people could come and hear stories. I know lots of tellers from between Portland and Boston and wanted to give them another place to tell and uh, bring it to a new audience. So I decided I just had to do it myself. So you did it in your home? In my living room for four years. I remember telling stories once or twice there. You did. Yeah. And uh, you had a good selection of people that came. There would be like 20 or 25 people in your living room sometimes? Yeah, yeah, every month. <laughs> and it kept going. It did. Um, I had always wanted it to be in a public space so that my friends wouldn't feel obligated to have to come every month and that other people could come too. Um, so I... I waited until the right place came along, and then the portable pantry opened. And as soon as I walked in, I said, this is the place. Great little cafe, good space for it. So I spoke to the owner, and she agreed immediately. So how many so, years were in your house? And then before four, years, four years in my house, uh -huh. four years at the portable pantry. Really? And then she closed to move to Dover. So then I was homeless and had just received an arts and culture award from the city of Rochester. At the same, the same week, I found out that I no longer had a venue. So, Isn't that an interesting coincidence? Yeah. <laughs> we love you. Get out. Um, <laughs> we love you, but you can't live here anymore. Something like that. People um, have heard that, I bet. And at, at the awards ceremony, I happened to meet Chris Evison, who was just about to open Ripstone's framing. And um, she said, you know, I'm opening this store, and it's got lots of space, and I'd love to have public events there. So if you'd like to do that, come on in. And been doing that for four years. Uh oh. Does that mean there's another change pending? Oh, no, we're talking about breaking patterns this evening, right? <laughs> was that our theme? <laughs> for me, for me, I guess it was. I guess it is. Yeah. But it's going strong. It is. It's going really well, and I don't think Chris has any plans to go anywhere. So, you, how many times a year is it? Nine, nine times a year between November and June. And you have no problem getting a storyteller to come in? And an audience to come here? No. During the summer, I put out a call to all the tellers in New England saying, I have these dates. Who wants to come? It's always filled up. I have a waiting list, in fact, of tellers. Whoa. Yeah. Um, this year, I focused primarily on tellers from New Hampshire. So oh. I invited specific people who hadn't been there um, before or for a few years. 
Right. I'm going to be there in June. June. She's June, second Friday of the month. Got to figure out some stories. Yeah. Do, do you, do most of people tell first person experience or is it a mixed bag of folk tales and other vin, um, types of stories? It's really mixed. Yeah. Yeah. The toes tell all sorts of stories. Sometimes it's a combination of things, sometimes with music, sometimes with some other prop. But it, yeah, so it's always different. So what have you found is the, I guess, most gratifying? Have, have things changed in your expectations from when you started to where you are now? Or has this grown in a way that you had, like, hoped it would? Um, it is what I hoped it would be. Uh-huh. It's still small because still people don't recognize what storytelling is when they hear about it. I mean, that's, that's changed in the last few years with things like the moth right. and, and this. Right. Um, but still, a lot of people in Rochester don't know what storytelling is, what it's like to go to a live storytelling event and have no experience with it. Is, so I have, a, I have a, a core audience that comes most months, and then there are people who are invited by their friends or somebody who just happened to see in the paper. or you know. So there's some flow there. But it's generally around 20 people, which is nice because in the space, you know, like this, you have it filled. It feels really good. Mostly adults in the audience? Yes, primarily adults. And you, you pitch it that way? Mm-hmm, yeah. How about the challenges? What are the hard parts? Well, there is that 20 minutes before start when nobody's there yet because everybody comes at the last minute. Uh-huh. And you don't know. You never know who's going to come. And I also just have to trust that people are going to show up. And they do. So um, yoga, deep breathing, be Buddhist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah a lot of that. Yeah. And you're, you're continuing to tell stories. I actually uh, backed off from telling stories over the last couple of years because I couldn't get, when I'm on stage preparing for a, a storytelling, the stories live in my head too much. I couldn't focus on other parts of my life, and, I, and it, it's still like that. They get in the way. Darn it all. How do you feel as a storyteller about that aspect? I, I'm trying to break through that again because it's a, it's a glorious thing to share, well, first-person experience stories, I think, in particular. I, that's what I'm particularly interested in. But it's hard. Do you find it hard? No. Well, I, I don't know what really? you're talking about, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> trying to figure out how to respond to that because I really don't have the experience of feeling like it's overwhelming other parts of my life. Really? Yeah. Wow. It's just one of the parts of my life. Boy, you're lucky. I guess. Okay. It's compartmentalized, I guess. Well, that's it. So you teach. Yeah. And um, you probably use storytelling in your teaching? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have much time for it, unfortunately. Well, if you've got to let something go, why not the real job? No, that's that's right. That's right. (laughs) It makes me feel terrible. (laughs) But um, yeah, I throw it in when I can. If I have a gig coming up, I always rehearse with my classes. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. That's good. I say, hey, you got a couple minutes. I want you to hear this story because I have to. I have to tell it this weekend, so I need to practice. So that would be kid-friendly stories that you practice. Oh yeah, I wouldn't tell them what I told you tonight. Okay. Bring your parents. <laughs> no. Yeah. I want them to know. Well, in your 
compartment. <laughs> this is on TV. I don't want them to know. Yeah. That town's far away from the sun, sure. Actually, I, I heard a similar event up in Peterborough. I think it's a, a black fly event, which is somewhat like True Tales live and right between the ears. And, um, 200 people in the audience and uh, held at a school, and there were some teachers. There was one teacher in particular who told a very personal story about her divorce. And, you know, the, her kids are there with their parents. like, wow, very interesting that they could do that. But it, it went off because people like to hear real experience, you know, oh, sure. and she was telling the truth. Yeah. And she, oh, it was free. I think mm -hmm. that's it with, with me. I don't, sometimes I, it strikes me as being very brave. You told the story tonight and you said, at least I know I'm not afraid. I mean, that story was kind of about being brave, of being on your own. Each step of the way, you could have made other choices. Mm -hmm. I think it's brave to just get up and tell a story about your personal experience. You've, I feel scared. Do you feel at least brave? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, no, I didn't think of it as being brave. I thought it was more being vulnerable. Uh huh. Um, okay. The the ending of the story I didn't have until. Um, I mean, I didn't really know where it was going until I started telling it. Um, and especially after being at your workshop, which was the greatest thing. If anybody's thinking of telling a story, go to one of these workshops, even if you're not going to do this, because the, the questions that I got and the feedback I got were really valuable. I, I edited the story and, and made all the changes to it on the way home that night. Well, isn't that excellent to hear? <laughs> yeah. So by the time I got home, I had it all, except for the very end. I still needed to write an ending. Endings are the hardest. They are. Yeah. You gotta hit, you gotta hit that mark in order for the whole thing to make sense. Right, because mm. um, you want to give the audience a a, a journey, mm -hmm. you know, from where you began, and this this is what happened, and then usually you bring the ending down. A satisfactory ending harkens back to the beginning some, and it's really a, it's a it's a craft. Mm. Um, yeah, so you did all those things. Um, Nicholas's story tonight was particularly well-crafted in that way, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's good. I find that um, I'm learning a lot about storytelling. I think that's why it scares me so much. I used to think mm -hmm. I knew what I was doing. I don't anymore. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so when um, Amy and I conduct the workshops for True Tales Live, that's one of our favorite experiences here is... Uh, hearing these stories be born and kind of figuring out, ooh, ooh, yeah, I know what that needs. Ooh, yeah, I want to talk to you more about, you know. And then hearing them progress like yours did tonight. Mm. Um, also, the the songs that you included, that's quite lovely. Do, do, do you interject music in many of your stories? Um, yeah, I guess I do. Mm -hmm. I didn't set out to do that. I didn't intend to. But I do love music. So... Um, where it's appropriate, I will put it in there. This one, you know, lent itself to it because it happened to be inspired by the song. I find that um, words have a certain musicality to them. Rhythm is really important in storytelling. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think part of the reason I got interested in it, too, is the, the playfulness of bouncing words around. Mm -hmm. You know, and now... Okay, here's a question for you. Do you write out your stories much, or do you just 
tell them and try to learn them orally, like we're supposed to for first-person experience mm. storytelling? Up until very recently, I've always written every word that I've said. This particular story does not exist in written form, except for the first paragraph and the last paragraph, okay. which I wrote down this afternoon before coming yes. here. I love to hear that. Yeah. That, yeah, that's a new experience. This, this story, I first told it this past summer, there was a story slam that I, uh, the, the theme was Brush with Fame. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, oh, oh. I want to go, I want to go, and I want to tell him this. But what can I tell? And I thought, oh, yeah, that time that I met Carol King and confused her with Carly Simon. Perfect. Yeah. That's where the story began. And then I worked back to the beginning and I realized, oh, 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 the song keeps coming back in my life. Like, I didn't realize it until then, until I started creating it as a story. Yeah, learning by yeah, yourself. Yeah, you learn a lot by putting it together. So, um, yeah, what was the question? I forget. <laughs> Oh, about writing down. Oh, about writing. Before, yeah. Yes, and so it was um, just a few days before this slam when I started thinking about it and putting the story together in my mind. So I just went and told it. Very brave. There she yeah. goes again. <laughs> and then um, normally what I usually do, um, I thought I would go home and write it all down, but I didn't. And then this opportunity came along, and I thought, hmm, I wonder if I'm going to remember that. And so I started telling it to myself, and it all came back. And I thought, well, I guess maybe I don't need to write it down. Because what happens when you write it is you get really married to the exact words on the page. Yes. Yeah, and it, and it can tend to become a memorization rather than a telling. Absolutely. So, and I didn't want to get stuck with that because this particular story didn't exist in written form. It's and I've decided to let it not be in written form. Very vibrant. Mm. And, uh, yeah. Well, now I'll have a recording of it, though, so it wouldn't be lost, you know, lo get lost in my memory. Yeah. So it will exist in some real form. I've got a go couple of stories like that, and there are recordings, but I have no idea how to access those recordings because I have very poor <laughs> organizational uh, capacity with my computer and all, you know, yeah. finding it. Um, Most of my stories are in binders. Mm -hmm. You know, I write it, I type them, it goes in the plastic sleeve, it goes in the binders, they're in alphabetical order. Ooh. A through K, L through Z. And then and then it's another separate category for another category of stories. Oh, and there's a holiday one too. So when I when I need a story or a bunch of stories, a group of stories for a, a program I'm doing, I go through the binder and I go, oh yeah, that one I pull it out. Oh yeah, that one I pull it out. But with this, where's this going to go? In the front. No. No. You don't have the binder. The, yeah. yeah. Right. It's, it's going to be in your head. Yeah. You have See, to this, keep is it the, there. this is the problem with technology and all this virtual stuff. I don't, I don't feel like I, like, I like Mimeo. <laughs> well, I think. I still cut and paste, like, really with scissors and glue. I do that sometimes, too. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to throw the papers around, cut them up. And, yeah. Yeah. Just, it's the comfort level. Mm-hmm. This, I think that technology and all this stuff that we're, that's coming at us through this and this is the reason why storytelling has another renaissance. And um, we've got an audience just to listen to us talk about it, mm -hmm. not to mention the even larger audience when we were telling stories. And so, Joanne Piazzi, I'm really glad that um, you and I are both on board this ship of we don't know where it's going, but we're going to keep telling stories. Yeah. 
That's right. As long as people keep coming to listen. That's I'll right. Keep inviting people to come and tell. Yes. Yeah. With, want to say a couple last words about right between the years? Yes. Next Friday, February 9th, I'm actually featuring at my own series. I give myself one night a year. Mostly. I'm going to be in another thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's a big weekend. Okay. Right? Storytelling. Yes. Yes. Next weekend at West, there's a great festival that will be happening. Pat can give you all the details. Yep, so the 8th through the 11th up. with uh, Reggie Carpenter is a featured storyteller. We'll be doing workshops and uh, coaching. You and... want to hear some vulnerable first-person stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's good. She's great. Thank you, Joanne Piazzi, for talking with us tonight. Oh, thank you for having me. <laughs> True Tales Live on PPM-TV is made possible through the generous support of Artists Collaborative Theatre of England, Act One, presenting outstanding performances of Stories with Heart at the West End Studio Theatre in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. For further information, contact 603-300-2986 or on the web at act1nh.org. With additional support from Pat Spaulding, who really wants to know, hey, what's your story?